The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of DFS Today presented by Hoopball. I am your host, David Menkoff, coming back from a one-week hiatus, joined by my main man, Will the Thrill Harris. Uh, I decided to throw in a new nickname. Hope you're okay with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm glad you're back, David. You know, it's been too long, too long. So I'm excited about this show with you tonight. Absolutely. We have a nice little two-game slate to go over. Uh, we have some very important game sixes on the docket uh, featuring the featuring two uh, two series still going head to head, and we have some fun little game totals and spreads to discuss. So, let's uh, without further ado, let's let's dive into the first game on the slate. Um, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers traveling to take on the Atlanta Hawks. It's a 7.30 p.m. Eastern start time. The total is 2.22.5 with the 76ers favored by two points. Uh, as far as injury is concerned, on the Atlanta side, Brandon Goodwin continues to be out. DeAndre Hunter is out. Cam Reddish is out. And Trey Young is listed as probable. On the Philadelphia 76ers side, you have Joel Embiid, who's listed as questionable for every game in the series, and Dan Green is out. So, Will, um, I know this is my Sixers team, but I'm, I'm going to let you take take the ball here. Uh, I'm curious to, to hear, who do you like on the Sixers after two straight blown leads? Um, and, and tell me why. <laughs> right, right. You know I was going to let you go ahead and start it off, but since you let me do the honors, you know. <laughs> Um, you got to first start looking at the man, the myth, the legend, Joel Embiid at 11,000. Had a tough game that last game in the second half, but um, he still was uh, amazing in in DraftKings. You know, he has 73 DraftKings points. So that's what you're looking for, and I think he should be uh, – I mean, he has to. He doesn't want to go home, so he has to show up, and he's going to play amazing and possibly even better than he did last game. Uh, ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, you obviously always they're always in the same price range, 7700 7900 uh, You would have to just choose one of the two. Uh, it's pretty a, much a crapshoot to me. I'll leave that up to you, David, to tell the people which one you would rather have since it's your team. But uh, I really like uh, Seth Curry at 5400 uh, Last game he had almost 52 drafting points. And even before that, he's just been very consistent. At, at the price point he's at. And for him to explode for a big game, you know, that makes him a great value. They need him. He's their fourth best player right now. Um, so that's a great play for him. He's probably my favorite mid-tier player. And then I think you can also look down on the line at Corkon Korkmaz, uh, because with Danny Green out, he's getting some minutes, and he's gotten double digits um, in the la two out of the last three games. So he's just there as a body to shoot, put up some three-pointers. But is there anyone else on Philly you're looking at, and who would you choose between Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, if either? Oh, absolutely. You're throwing out the, the tough questions right off the bat tonight, <laughs> it looks like. That's I mean, right. 
Honestly, I, I don't think I need to lead with the Philadelphia the Sixers. You pretty much cover every player that I like already. So um, <laughs> I'm looking at all the same guys. As far as your question around Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons, here's my p- PSA for Ben Simmons. He's a, he's, the pressure is squarely on his shoulders right now. Everyone knows Ben Simmons has dropped the ball game in and game out um, outside of the, the previous game where it wasn't his fault where they collapsed. Um, he actually put up almost a triple-double with 45 fantasy points. Now, his price tag is 7900 now. He got a little price increase despite a, slight, a, a poor performance by every stretch of the imagination in the last game. Um, I think he has to just mentally figure out the free throws, and I'm calling it in this pivotal game six, he figures out something. I expect him to shoot over 60% from the free throw line, which already would be a, a huge improvement his series average, which is somewhere in the 35% range from the free throw line, which is just atrocious, which is just atrocious for, for any point guard, and especially for a caliber of Ben Simmons, who is coming off some pretty nice awards uh, as far as all defensive teams. He has to bring some offense for them to even out this series. So I'm going to probably lean a little bit Ben Simmons over Tobias Harris, even though Tobias Harris is 7,700, and he's been the, most, the more consistent of, of the two players. Uh, his last game leaves a lot to be desired. I think he, he snaps out of it. He's not going to shoot 2 of 11 ever. Um, I think it was a fluke by every stretch of the, of the imagination. So I'm probably going to lean a little bit towards Ben Simmons. I have a little bit of Ben Simmons bias. But also, I think that he really has to step up. Joel Embiid, I think, is going to put the pressure on him, and as well as Doc Rivers and the team, to, to kind of bring out one of his you know, signature performances, signature triple-doubles, and keep the Sixers going to a Game 7. That's my take. That's my that's my thoughts on, on those two. Joel Embiid, you touched on it. That's a rock-solid play, probably the best play of the night at 11000 Well worth the price tag. You know, he does it all for them. The Hawks don't have any defense uh, for Joel Embiid. As long as he's playing, he's putting up some, some effort, and the game stays close, and the Sixers can somehow maintain a lead, which is obviously something that has not happened so far in this series. But I still like Joel Embiid. It's a, he's coming off a 72-point fantasy effort. Going to be a fantastic play, as always. Um, and you touched on Seth Curry. Seth Curry, has, his confidence is, is, coming, is coming through uh, tremendously in this series. Coming off a, a fantastic Seth Curry-like performance, um, dare I say. Uh, where he had 51 fantasy points, and the price tag, to your point, is only 5,400. You know, it's it's priced to move at that mid-range value. So I love Seth Curry. Um, probably uh, as far as who I love the most, it's still going to be tiered with Drum B number one, followed by uh, I'll probably go Seth Curry just because of the price tag, and then I'll go Ben Simmons, and then finishing it off with Tobias Harris. You touched on Furkan Korkmaz. Um, I love Furkan. I think he's been a great um, great uh, addition off the bench for the Sixers all season uh, and the past couple of seasons, especially. Uh, that was a great find by the uh, by the scouting team to get for Furkan on the team. I just I don't see him being too much of a fantasy player, um, despite the Danny Green injury. I don't have too much faith in him, but there are worse um, there are worse darts to throw at 3900. So uh, definitely worth worth a shot and worth a look. Um, any other thoughts on the Sixers before we dive into the Atlanta side? No, I think we covered it all. Um, I wish they would play um, the young fella. Uh, what's your rookie's name? Uh, I can't even find his name right now. 
Oh, we're talking about Maxi. Maxi. Tyrese Maxi. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I wish he would get some burn because, you know, I think he could do some of the things that Terrence Mann is doing for the Clippers, but they don't trust him, I guess. I'm with you 100%. Um, unfortunately, I think with Tyrese Maxey, he was great all season, uh, especially with a bunch of guys injured, and he's shown flashes. I, I just think that mm-hmm. they don't trust him in these big moments, just like they don't trust Shake Milton. Um, yeah, he, yeah, despite Right? Shake Milton had a fantastic performance in Game 2, and since yeah. then he's been quiet. Um, sorry, Game 3. And since then he's been quiet, and now it's it's we're wondering if Shake Moan can, can be the guy. Sixers need someone to step off of the bench. It could be Shake Moan or Tyrese Maxey, to your point. And they're both priced at the near minimum, 3000 and 3100 respectively. So not a bad look uh, if you want to go um, some, some cheap dart throws as well. Yeah, because Philly's going to need to, you know, throw something different out there because they need this game. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then jumping over to the Hawks side of the ball, um, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll jump in. I'll start it off. Um, number one pick, number one play um, from the guard position, Trey Young. Um, can't overthink this one, despite the defense of Ben Simmons. It's been pretty, pretty decent, I would say, considering Trey Young's talent level. Um, he's still putting up monster numbers. In his last game, he put up 57 fantasy points in the game before, 61 fantasy points. I expect another 50, 55-point effort minimum, especially in the home crowd in Atlanta. He's going to be motivated to close this out. Um, I like him quite a bit. The next guy I'm looking at is actually going to be Kevin Huerter at 4,300 as a value play. He is coming off a 0 for 7 against the Sixers um, off the bench, but I think he gets back on track at home. Um, I see 20, 25 fantasy points at a minimum here. Uh, and at that price tag, he's going to be someone that is going to be overlooked. So he's going to be definitely a GBP type of play. But that's even more reason why um, I'll probably be looking that way. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 6,400, is not going to be too much in play for me. I just don't think he's as too much of a a part of the offense these days. Um, I much prefer Danilo Gallinari um, at at a much cheaper price tag in the power forward spot, 4,500. A little bit more consistent in this series coming off the bench. Um, And with the price savings... Of twenty, of twenty, uh, one hundred dollars. Sorry, nineteen hundred dollars. It's it's worth um, saving those dollars and looking elsewhere to build your lineup. So I'm going that direction. Uh, the only other guy I'm looking at on the hawk side is probably going to be Clint Capella. Um, you know, he's he's been very off the series. Um, he hasn't done much. We haven't seen the Clint Capella of old. Um, but definitely more of a tournament play more than anything. I'm I'm not gonna pick him over any of the other centers tonight. But if you're looking for a mid-tier center play, um, there are worse plays. There actually are no worse plays than Capella, but there are no better, <laughs> plays, better. There are no better plays than Capella either. So it's something to keep in mind um, as you're building those lineups. But uh, that's pretty much it. I'm not going to go John Collins. Um, and, and that pretty much solidifies the Atlanta Hawks for me. Uh, what about for you, Will? Are you going to go Trey Young um, over... Uh, Joel Embiid, or are you going to try and stack them together? Uh, that's a tough decision. You know, I might we have to play around with some lineups. It's hard to pass on Joel Embiid. Uh, and it's also someone in that second game that I'm looking at that I might have more competition with Embiid, but we'll get to them in a minute. Uh, you covered it greatly. I mean, I loved your point on Kevin Herter. Uh, had that terrible game. People are going to be hiding away from that. 
and I expect them to bounce back, like you said. Um, you know, there was talk that Cam Reddish was possibly going to play this game, but since he's not, you know, that's even more helpful for Herder to get more opportunities out there. So that was a great call. Um, Trey, obviously, uh, he's just been playing like a superstar in these playoffs, and I love it. Uh, I love the way he's broken out and just, you know, showing the world who he is, you know, who we all thought he would. Well, most of us thought he could be. So I'm really um, happy about that. But um, I will. we do finally have a point we disagree on because <laughs> we are always on the same page. But I'm loving John Collins at 6,300. I think he's been playing really good for himself. Last game he had 19 and 11. Two games before that, 23 and 7. Like he's been playing better now than he was in the regular season to where he's becoming the second best option on offense for the team. Because uh, Capella is not doing it, and Bogdan is slightly dropping down too. So I like uh, John Collins at sixty three hundred, and I would have him in my lineup. Now take that, David. <laughs> you know what? I I fully respect your decision, and there's nothing wrong with John Collins. I just I don't know. It's hard for me to trust him for whatever reason. I don't think I have any rhyme or reason to why I don't like John Collins. But I'm, I'm the regular just not season. Know that. It's probably because the regular season. It was so disappointing. <laughs> 100 percent that's exactly i have regular season bias on my mind yeah. and and that's and now you can't bring that into the playoffs and that's number one dfs lesson for everyone listening tonight <laughs> it is weird so, though because capella was so great in the regular season so right so clearly they've kind of flipped roles here in, in the playoffs so it's something to keep in mind here yeah. absolutely so before we uh, dive into the next game, I want to do a quick little shout-out to mybookie.ag. Ever since I started the podcast, people have been asking me for betting tips. I always get asked, who do you have, Lakers or Clippers, Rodgers or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I tell people to bet with mybookie. Mybookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my later bets. The only sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for the U.S. Open this weekend. You know me, and you know that I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do. And my bookie is the best sportsbook out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. All right, well, let's... Dive into the second and final game of the night, and we have the Utah Jazz traveling to take on Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, it's a 10 p.m. start. It's a 218.5 game total with the Jazz favored by two points. As far as injuries are concerned on the Clippers, there has been no um, injuries submitted yet, but we do know that Kawhi Leonard is likely out. Actually, it's confirmed he is out for this game. Um, as well as on the Clippers side, we have Serge Ibaka who's out for the series, um, potentially longer. And then on the Utah Jazz side, Mike Conley is upgraded to questionable. Someone to keep in mind because we have yet to see him in the series. Um, and Donovan Mitchell is a, is a new addition to the questionable um, uh, questionable tag. But we've I think we expect Donovan Mitchell to play given this importance and pivotal game six. So, Will... Who do you like um, on the road team, the Jazz, uh, especially with this Conley-Mitchell potential news? All right, I'll be happy to, to start it off. Um, as, far as, the, as far as the Utah Jazz are concerned, um, I, I, think, I think you're on mute there, Will. 
Um, as far as the, <laughs> 100%. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. As far as the Utah Jazz are concerned, um, with the news that's coming out of, uh, of the backcourt there, if Mike Conley ends up playing, then I'm probably going to have to go. Um, I might have to throw in a Mike Conley at 6,800. I know it's a high-risk, high-reward situation, but it is a pivotable, pivotal game. It, it's a must-win on the road. Um, I think he's going to be asked to, to get some minutes. We'll have to see how many minutes they give him. It's possible that they keep him under 20 minutes in his first game back, but it is an elimination game, so something to keep in mind. Mitchell will probably likely play. I'm going to have some interest in, in Donovan Mitchell at 9,300, as always. Coming off a, a brutal game in the last one, people are probably down on him a little bit. He's priced lower uh, He's priced lower than Trey Young, and he has 50-point potential, uh, especially since it is a big game. So uh, that might be a great play for me. I'm going to have a lot of shares of Donovan Mitchell. I think he's going to be low-owned on this slate, especially if Mike Conley ends up playing. Um, I'm also going to be looking at Boyan Bogdanovich. He hasn't really performed too well um, this series, but his last two games... He has put up 38 and 33, respectively, and he's priced under 6000 or 5900 So I'm going to have quite a few shares of Boyan uh, in this one. And that's pretty much it on the Jazz. I'm, I'm not going to be looking at Jordan Clarkson. If Mike Conley ends up being out, I might have some interest in Jordan Clarkson. But again, his high ceiling game this far in this, in this series without Mike Conley has been 30 fantasy points. I don't expect him to hit anywhere near that. Um, and that price tag over 6000 uh, leaves a little bit to be desired for me. Uh, Rudy Gobert is another guy that hasn't really had a ceiling type of game um, outside of game two against the Clippers when he had 48 fantasy points. I don't trust him um, in this game, win or go home. I, I just don't see him being too too big of, of an offensive threat uh, for whatever reason in this series. So I'm not going to be going there at all. Um, and that's pretty much it for me on the Utah Jazz side. Who are you looking at, Will? Um, and are you trusting Donovan Mitchell with this questionable, with this sprain injury? Yes, that is the question. And and I totally just wanted you to go first. That's why that happened, right? That was 100%. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, um, it does kind of scare me off Donovan Mitchell uh, with that ankle injury. Um, he's played 38 minutes in that last game, but he only had 38 drafting points. I mean, that's good for most people, but if you're playing 9,300, I wonder if he'll have a similar type game as that, uh, as opposed to his 50-point game. We don't know for sure. Hopefully, we'll get more news um, before tip-off, whether he's like 100% or feeling 80%. That would be great to know and make me feel more comfortable playing him. And especially, we also need to know about Mike Conley because that slightly affects other players also. Um, if Mike Conley was to play, I think if you're looking at Joe Ingles or Boron or... Uh, Clarkson, that might make you just fade all of those guys. So uh, that's something to consider. Um, obviously, you you can't, you're not really going to go, you're not going to lose your lineup because you play Donovan Mitchell, but it's a little scary for me. You, great point on Rudy, not been playing up to his potential, kind of like uh, Clint Capella as far as, you know, in DraftKings stats. Uh, Bohan is, Bohan and Joe Ingles are kind of similar, <clears throat> and I would just pay for the cheaper guy at, Joe Ingles at 5500 as a, and save you that $400. And I also think you can look at Royce O'Neal at 5000 um, You know, he can get close to 30 DraftKings points, but nothing is really, like, jumping off the page, like, oh, I'm excited to play any Jazz players uh, for me in this whole lineup. If I could avoid all of them, I probably would. But if I had to get a cheap one in there, I'd probably go with Joe Ingles. 
Yeah, that's not a bad call. I, honestly, I always forget jumping Joe Ingles. I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a fantastic, fantastic play. Uh, if Mike Conley's out, I mean, he's been consistent to your point all series. Outside of game one, he's been putting up over thirty fantasy points and under six k. Um, you can't go wrong. He's probably going to be up there for my favorite play in that mid range. Actually, I just completely overlooked him. So good call, Will. Thank you for calling him out for me. <laughs> I got you. Excellent, excellent. All right, um, jumping over to the Clippers side of the ball. Um, obviously, everyone knows with the Kawhi Leonard news, um, as as bad as it is, as bad as it is, we have some. Obviously, we have some great plays to, to look at on the Clippers side of the ball with that injury. Let's start with Paul George, ten thousand one hundred. You know, that's a price tag that might jump off the page, but Paul George went went for seventy one in the last one. Um, he's been carrying playoff P as they call him has been delivering in the playoffs. So if he does another, one of his signature performances where he has 70 fantasy points, we might have to shed that title. I don't know about you, Will, but I think we might have to shed that title if they close out the jazz here. Um, so maybe <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> something to consider. So I'm, I'm looking Paul George for sure. He's going to be one of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, then down, down the list, I'm going to be going Marcus Morris, 5,100, He's been asked to shoulder more of the load um, with the absence of Kawhi Leonard coming off 36 and 37 fantasy points, respectively. I know he's priced up to 5,100, but I will take that every day of the week. Um, and then the other guys I'm looking at um, is probably going to be Reggie Jackson, also at 5,200. He's a guy that um, is going to be asked to do quite a bit more um, as far as playmaking is concerned, coming off a nice 22-point effort where he had 33 fantasy points in the last one. Um, I like Reggie Jackson as well. Um, and then the final guy that I'm going to be looking at is, you, ta- you, you called out his name a little bit earlier, Terrence Mann. He's been getting more minutes now that he's in the rotation, and rotation for good probably, with Kawhi Leonard out. Uh, coming up a 23-point fantasy effort at only 3,200, you cannot go wrong um, as a value play of the night. One of the, my, probably my favorite value play of the night at 3,200. Um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much it for me on the Clippers. I, I think I ran through most of their starting lineup anyway. So who do you like, Will? Um, and are you taking shots on Paul George over Trey Young? But yeah, we we uh, mentioned Trey earlier and Embiid. I think Paul George is probably my favorite player tonight uh, in that high tier category. I think you know we all kind of forgot, uh, rightfully so, how great Paul George can be and that he was. And I think. You know, it's probably because he's been, you know, coasting through the regular season and playing with Kawhi Leonard. When he's on a team by himself, like he was in Indiana, he was putting up superstar numbers. So now he has the team to himself. Uh, He's really the first, second, and third option on this team. So he has every um, option, uh, every chance that he wants to be, you know, the superstar again and get – potentially 70 drafting points again. So I love him as a play. Uh, you covered it all with Reggie Jackson. He'll probably be the second highest scorer, him or Marcus Morris. But I think the one person you didn't mention is Nicholas Batum. You know, he's not that fun to mention, but he can get you around 30 drafting points, especially with Kawhi Leonard out. And at 4,900, that's a good play. So, like, if you can't afford Ingles, you need $600 to save, you could throw Nicholas Batum in there. He'll probably get you close to that same production. And that's a great call on Terrence Mann. Also, one of my favorite favorite cheaper plays at 3,200. You pretty much have to get him in your lineup. Uh, 
he had a really good game in 26 minutes, uh, 13 points, two, two, and two. But uh, he had a huge dunk on Rudy Gobert, and that was just that got the crowd hype and everything. So that was incredible to see. I'm glad to see him getting some shine, unlike your team is doing with Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> Hey, you know, why do you have to throw that out there at the I end? Why do you have to throw it at the end of all things? It's, you know what? You know, you, you like, you, you twisted that knife even deeper into my heart with, with that comment. So Sorry, I'll, I'll forgive you for now. I'll forgive you for now, but we'll have to have the conversation later. It's fine. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, give me quickly your favorite um, price, high price player not named paul george hey 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 come on now <laughs> yeah, well i i had to make it difficult for you yeah you be killing me okay well then i'm gonna have to take your guy joel Embiid at eleven thousand. <laughs> i really love paul george tonight though all right <laughs> How about you? fair enough i'm gonna go trey young i i, I hate right. i hate going trey young but i have to i think he's gonna have a monster performance against your team in an elimination game that's just uh, man i know I know. <laughs> I know. It's just crazy. Uh, what about mid-tier? Who's your favorite mid-tier? Mid-tier, I'm going to go with my man, John Collins, who you hate at 6,300. I think you'll have a good, safe performance. Oh, you know what? Why not? Why not go John Collins? I am going to go Marcus Morris at 5,100. I, I think he's going to be a, a key component, a key offensive threat for the Clippers in this closeout. Um, and then finally, I also, love, I also love Steph Curry. Just throw that out there. I love Steph Curry too. Yeah, Steph Curry is my, probably my second favorite, so I'm with you on that one. Um, all right, what about your value play of the night? I'm gonna let you go first on that one. It's only like okay. one or two guys. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna have to go. Terrence Mann. <laughs> see, I see. I knew. I knew that's what you were gonna do. Of course. <laughs> of course. It was too easy. What about right, you? Right. So I'm going to throw in a shot in the dark. We hadn't even mentioned this guy's name uh, when we covered the team, but I'm going to go with Lemon Pepper Lou Williams. Uh, he's at 3,200. Uh, he had a big game last game. He had 15 actual points, 25 DraftKings points. He looked good out there, you know, and they even interviewed him in the post game and everything. So it's possible that he could, you know, repeat that performance and they like what they saw. Uh, in this closeout game against Philly. Wow. Listen, I'm not even going to hate on that pick. I'm just going to say that as as a as a as a fan of the Sixers and they drafted him and let him go to greener yeah. pastures. Um, if he comes back and and puts that nail in the coffin for the Sixers, I, I'll be sad. But 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 it'll be a great call for you for sure. Getting Lou in there, I think he's going to be low owned. So that, that's a great call out and a one that we did miss. So great catch on that one. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up, everyone. I hope you enjoyed. And you can always follow me, as always, at dmank33 on Twitter. Um, and you can follow Will at Will. You know what? I- I'm going to let you shout out your Twitter name for the good folks because I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at William is Bill, And I could have some exciting news coming up in the next few days. So stay tuned. Absolutely, everyone. Look out for that news and good luck with your lineups and and let's take down some GPPs. Peace.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.